Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. You know our trusted partner tirerack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? It's me, Job Middlecoff, and the Three and Out Podcast. I don't know why I'm talking so weird. I guess I'm just excited. I had a slam like a Diet Mountain Dew about an hour ago, and I'm, I, I got the caffeine flowing through my body. Can't wait. I, I broke down every XFL game, and I'm going to prepare us for this weekend. I'm totally kidding. I would never do that in a million years. But actually, there's some interesting stuff going on. Uh, Mel Tucker, I'm going to start with that. Mel Tucker going to Michigan State and the amount of money, the reflection of what it meant to the Pac-12. There was a really, really good article on Rick Smith, the former Houston Texans GM on The Athletic by Dan Pompey, who can just write a hell of an article. It, it was a really powerful article, but there, there was something specific in there that stood out to me from a scouting perspective and I remember when I worked in the league, like got, got, Lewis Riddick used to talk about it all the time, how teams just did a poor job of this. And it's just, it, 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 he was dead on with something. We'll, we'll dive into that. And then, you know, th- there have been two famous players that I've seen by like a local guy in their market kind of go viral on my Twitter timeline. One of them was Khalil Mack and the other was Matt Stafford that they were going to get traded and I think there's something we need to discuss while talking about trades in the NFL. And while we see them a lot more, uh, last year we saw Odell Beckham trade, which I think kind of falls under this category, but we see a lot more at the trade deadline. There are certain trades that are just impossible, factoring in financial situations and this thing that they call a dead cap, meaning the money that even if you get cut the guy or trade the guy that you still incur, incur as a uh, franchise. So... We just need to pump the brakes because I love a good trade, a potential trade as much as anybody. And I'm, I I retweeted that Matt Stafford was going to get traded last night at about 10 o'clock when I was laying in bed. But then I realized, like, John, you just you need to pump the brakes a little bit. And then, of course, we'll, we'll go into my DMs on Instagram. It's how we interact with you guys. At John Middlecoff is my uh, Instagram, Twitter, but my, my DMs on Instagram are wide open. Ask me anything, and we'll get your question here on the pod. And one, one more thing, I have, I, I'm sure a lot of you guys listen to this podcast on Colin's feed. I also have my own feed, just three and out, John Middlecoff. You can type it into iTunes and find it. One thing I'd like you to do, if you like the show, uh, seems like a lot of you guys do, get a lot of positive DMs, leave a review on, on my specific handle the three and out John Middlecoff it has a little microphone and my name if you're not already subscribed it goes on both 
if you want to, you can just subscribe. The, the, these shows go to uh, to that feed and to Collins' feed. But just, just go on there and leave a review. I, that would be greatly appreciated. But let's start with Mel Tucker, Colorado, and Michigan State. Because it's kind of been the big football story of the week. Beside the cheating Astros, which is a baseball story, but I, I'd be down to talk a lot of smack about them. But I, I, I've done that enough on Twitter. Mel Tucker, after he was hired, I think in December of 2000, what's, what are we, 2020? So he might have been hired right at the end of 2018. or He, he was at Colorado one season. And he just left to Michigan State this week. And I want to start with just a quick exercise. If we started five businesses from scratch, in an in, it's going to be hypothetical, in an industry where they could succeed, where there was you know more than, more than enough quantity of people to consume whatever product they were doing, and they weren't going to fail, and we just let them all go for 10 years, the five businesses, and we check back in 10 years, I think it'd be pretty clear the hierarchy of those five businesses. More than likely, one, probably two of them, would be highly successful. And this is for this exercise, let's just assume high-end business, you can make a lot of money. One or two of them would be crushing it. The other two would be somewhere in the middle. They'd be surviving. And one would be a train wreck. One would be a disaster. Just the way the world works. You know, it's just it's just a fact. When I was growing up, all five major conferences, now they were aligned a little differently, but the Pac-10, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC, and I was born in the mid-80s, so by the time I started watching football, early 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, you just turn on the TV and there'd be good games all over the country. And you just, on any given year, Oregon could be, compete for the national championship, Texas could, Michigan could, Ohio State could, Alabama Georgia, Florida, like the same several teams, but it was it felt relatively equal. Just you had your two or three top teams in each conference, and they were all kind of competing. That's no longer the case. We have two programs of the Power Five that are on a completely different level financially than the other three. And really, Oklahoma in the Big 12 and Clemson in the ACC help make those two conferences somewhat outliers because they're both in shambles, but those two conferences dominate like an SEC or a Big Ten school when it comes to money, when it comes to funds, and when it comes to winning. Then you got the Pac-12, and Dan Wetzel wrote a good article this week. We need to stop using the term Power Five. It's really like Power Two, Oklahoma, Clemson, and then the Pac-12 is basically, it's actually much closer right now to the Mountain West than it is to the Big Ten or the SEC. Because when Mel Tucker took the job, and I'm not going to go into some moral high horse story about keeping the job. He did make a comment about there's no transfer portal in the real world, which is a stupid comment because there literally is. I mean, the great part about America, you, you literally can quit any job at any moment. You can do whatever you want to do. I can't speak for every country, though I do know a good amount of countries, like ask the NBA about China. You're not just allowed to do whatever you want. In America, I could just stop podcasting tomorrow and just go work at insurance or go work at a restaurant. I can do whatever I want. So can you. Now, we might not choose to, but we have those options. So he can say whatever he wants. The, the players, a player can't just leave a program. They can transfer, but they have to sit out a year. We all know that. I'm not going to go into some huge... Deep dive into that. I think Jay Billis's of the world have that market cornered. But he got his salary doubled, and he got his coaching salary doub- his coaching pool for his assistants doubled. And he also is not from the West Coast. He's from the Midwest, and he had coached at Michigan State. So I, I get it. Like I, you don't love a guy being a one and done from a Power Five again, allegedly a Power Five. But I think it shows you because all I've heard from the Pac-12 people. Colorado was being fiscally responsible. I don't think you can be fiscally responsible with your football coach. You can be fiscally responsible with the swimming team, with the men's baseball team, but when it comes when it comes to football, there is no expense that the SEC or the Big 10 spares on their football programs. They cut corners with the other programs. But when it comes to football, And at most programs, men's basketball, they pay for 
every bill, every stinking bill in the athletic program. Without those programs, you couldn't function because every other program's in the red. And one issue I think we're having out here on the West Coast, our school presidents are consumed with everything but football. The Olympic sports, academics, and I'm not anti-academics, but do you notice this? And there have been studies, and they talk about it all the time on the broadcast. When you win at football, it's such a national televised, and so many people are watching it, your enrollment goes up. Your competition to get into the programs increase. And I think Cal and UCLA would say, well, yeah, we don't need that to get. And they're right, they don't. Well, the problem is the money that the athletic program is generating because they're not putting in the resources into the football program, which is why these coaches, we've had two coaches in the Pac-12, and I say we because I'm a Pac-12 fan, but I feel like I'm the only guy on an island beating the drum that this is something's got to change. Because this is not working. Michigan State just came in in the blink of an eye, doubled the guy's salary, doubled the guy's assistant pool, and the dude left. A Pac-12 job. It'd be one thing if he was at Colorado State or Fresno State. He'd be like, yeah, I get it. He was at Colorado, which produces pros. A couple years ago, they they won the Pac-12 South. They went to the Pac-12. Like, it's a pretty good job. But when they're only paying $2.7 million and Michigan State's going to pay him $6 million, like, I get it. But my question is, why can't Colorado pay the $6 million? You went on a coaching search. You believe in this guy. That's the cost of doing business in the industry. The problem is the Pac-12 isn't generating the money. They don't have the ability to just snap their fingers and write a huge check. Where the SEC and the Big Ten do it all the time. Because in, in those conferences, when another school comes after their coaches, whether they're in love with their coach, listen, most coaches aren't Nick Saban. We understand that. But if you got Dan Mullins and you really like him, then all of a sudden Penn State calls you got to give them a raise. It's a cost of doing business. And I feel like the Pac-12 is operating like a mom-and-pop shop. we got to be fiscally responsible. Well, when the mom-and-pop shop moves in to whatever building they're moving into to run their business, the rent check matters to them, how much you're going to charge them in rent. When Google or Salesforce or Facebook moves into a building, they cut a year's worth of rent. They don't care. And right now, the SEC and the Big Ten, they don't care. When it comes to football, there is no check they won't cut. And in fairness, like the ACC, Florida State did it with Willie Taggart. The Big, the Big 12, they've done it at Texas before. There are programs that will do it. Out here, it's like, oh, we can't afford to go the extra $2 million a year. What is $2 million a year extra for a football coach? If you believed in the guy, which you clearly did because you went on a natural search after having the same coach for six years, and you already paid him. Now, I'm not even some Mel Tucker fan. Even though everyone that I text with in the NFL, people that have been around him, really like him a lot. They, are, they think highly of the guy. But my, my issue is, the Pac-12, if we keep going at this rate, because clearly they are not making anywhere near the money of those two conferences. Because they have this television deal that no one can see. Their football programs are not winning enough. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to the college football playoffs. I think they've been there once in the last five years. They're even in basketball, like the SEC. Do you notice? If you follow college basketball, do you see the SEC? Like Auburn's got Bruce Pearl. They're like a top 10 program. Georgia went out and paid $5 million to Tom Kareem. When you win at football and your conference wins at football, it trickles down. The other thing we love hanging our hat on out on the West Coast, well, we dominate the Olympic sports, swimming, soccer, you know, uh, lacrosse. Well, what do you think Alabama's going to do in five years when they go, you know what? We wouldn't mind being good at women's soccer and men's swimming too. Well, who's got the best coach? Oh, UCLA. Well, how much do they pay the swimming coach at UCLA? Oh, they pay him one hundred ten grand. How much does it cost you to live in UCLA? Oh, a lot. How about we give him $275,000? Because we have an unlimited budget. They're not pinching pennies on the most important asset, and that's football. And it constantly happens in the Pac-12 where it's like, ah, oh, we can't afford to pay him that. That's always the answer. Which, if it was soccer or lacrosse, or men's baseball, I'd, I'd okay. Because someone, I, I tweeted, I went on this tweet rant. Someone's like, that doesn't sound like a good way to do business if you're not being fiscally responsible. Yeah, to non-revenue generating you know, entities. But if it's your football program, which like I said, literally pays for every bill and every coach and every pair of shoes and every basketball on campus, you better double down on that area. 
And I think the Pac-12 right now is somewhat lost in understanding the power and the importance of football. Now, there are elements that, that in the Pac-12 that don't parallel the SEC. There's a passion level down there that is unique. It's basically the NFL light. And even the Big Ten, I also think a benefit that those two conferences have is their prime programs are in tiny little towns, right? So it, that matters. Gainesville, Starkville, Tuscaloosa is a bigger town. Baton Rouge. These places are in the middle of nowhere. I've been to Penn State. It's it's like a tiny little town. I've never been to Ann Arbor, but it ain't, you know, Detroit. Uh, never been to Columbus. That That might be a little bit of a bigger town. But think of some of our big programs out west. San Francisco, Palo Alto, Berkeley, Seattle, uh, Los Angeles, you know? It sounds good in theory, but it actually hurts. And because it's so spread out, those are pro towns. That's what that's what makes Oregon somewhat unique. And you could argue over the last 20 years, they've been the most balanced when it comes to winning at football and winning at basketball. And they're also lucky Phil Knight went to school there and finances them like it's the SEC or the Big Ten. But I was embarrassed by Mel Tucker leaving in the sense that everyone tried to justify it. Well, they were being fiscally responsible. No, let's just call let's call a spade a spade. They don't have the money. They they can't hang with the Big Ten, and that's as big of a red flag as you can you can get because it's only 2020. Well, what's it going to look like in five or ten more years as these the media and the dollars that are flowing in for television rights are growing exponentially? Well, they're only going to keep doubling down on the Big Ten and the SEC because of the efforts and the resources they're pouring into their own programs. So I don't really know what to say beside the Pac-12 might be screwed big picture. Something doesn't dramatically change soon. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, let's dive into something Rick Smith, the former Houston Texans general manager, said in an article, if you subscribe to The Athletic, it was written by Dan Pompey. It was really good. It was really good. But he said something that really stood out to me. We spend so much time, this is about the scouting process, the college scouting process. We spend so much time, resources, energy, attention on draft evaluation. We have huge dozers on these players, where they're from, how they learn, personal lives, social skill set, scores, their history, everything. After the draft, all that information about the player we learned doesn't get integrated into his onboarding. I think that's a mistake. You can onboard players and utilize all that information to put a plan together that gives them a chance to give them a better chance to be a better man, better member of the organization, and a better football player. There is a holistic approach to player development that we are missing. And onboarding is just like integrating them in, right? Usually when you're hired out of college, there's just a process, A lot of people are hired to companies that they intern with their senior year. In football, while you play football in college and then you're playing football in the pros, where the football is relatively similar, life dramatically changes. And a huge curveball in pro sports, unlike the real world, most of us, I mean, hell, my my job out of college was $25,000 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Hopefully yours was a lot higher than that. You know, a lot of people, 60, 70, 80, maybe now, 100, depending on where you're working. You get decent money. Super smart guys, maybe you guys are making 150. I don't know. I made nothing. But the reality is, if you're taking a guy in the first couple rounds of the NFL draft, you are paying him millions of dollars. If I take you in the middle of the first round, I'm John Middlecoff, middle linebacker from Alabama, and I get drafted to the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I just get $15 million, guaranteed, when I sign it. Well, do you notice why, for a long period of time, the Alabama guys, that there was this notion like, Alabama guys just don't transition well in the NFL? Because there is not an hour at Alabama, 365, during the season and during the offseason, that you are not accounted for. The only time you may have a little wiggle room is class. And if they're not super on you because you've proven that you can make it to class... They don't do class checks, and you could, if you're smart, you can sleep in and not go. But other than that, when it comes to your homework, when it comes to your tests, when it comes to your meals, when it comes to your sleeping, when it comes to practice, they're on you 24-7, 365. In pro football, even if you're a rookie, once training camp ends and the season starts, you get to live just like all the, you know, Larry Fitzgerald gets to live. Show up on Wednesday, but you get Tuesday off. If you win, you get Monday off. By Thursday or Friday, the days are a little shorter. you got a lot of free time on your hand. Imagine having a ton of free time and a ton of money. Not an ideal combination. John Baxter, who was the special teams coach when I was at Fresno State, used to say the worst thing in life is a young guy in discretionary income. A lot of it. Because you're just going to make poor decisions. 
I am just now in my mid thirties, and I've and I've you know every year over the last ten years have made more and more money. I'm kind of learning in how to manage my money, put some away, pay the bills, what I can spend, what I can't. It takes a long period of time to figure that out. And I think what Rick Smith's saying, and I remember Lewis Riddick used to say this all the time: you spend all this information, like you're getting ready for the prospect that you're going to draft, and then you finally do. Well, most humans are not Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. That they can just operate and do everything without having their hand held. Some guys need help. Where do I live? What do I do with my free time? What do I do with all this money? How do I balance, you know, my mom's going to come stay with me or my grandpa or my cousin? Where do I get a car? I'm just talking basic stuff that can overwhelm people. And I think a lot of times in the NFL... Coaches and the, it's just focused on what do we got to do to win? What do we got to do to win? What do we got to do to win? Now, I'm not a big believer in holding your hand, but if I'm going to invest $20 million, I have the 10th pick in the draft. Let's just, I'm going to pick a number. I think it's give or take somewhere around there. I better just, just based on the financial resources I'm then giving to this individual, and clearly if I'm going to draft him at 10, what I think of him, I should probably hold his hand for a couple years or attempt to until he proves, you know what? And maybe by the first three or four months, you realize this guy's got it figured out. He's a high-level guy. A lot of humans, even mature humans, are going to be overwhelmed. And I think a lot of times you just depend, well, the vets will take care of them. And I'm not saying the vets don't take care of them, but there is just an element, and this is the difference between, I think, pro and definitely college, but even college with the money coaches are making, they approach it now more like pro football. There used to be a big connection with your position coach, and there still is in, in certain instances, where you're, you're pretty close to that guy, and he can help you out. He can be somewhat of a mentor. And I, I think that often gets lost in, in the NFL. And definitely from the scouting side, once the draft ends, all the scouts just kind of move on. You just start with the next crop. Instead, well, if I was the area scout, and I knew the guy that we drafted in the third round, again, if you draft a guy in the third round, you still probably give him a signing bonus like four or $500,000. That's still a lot of money. You clearly liked him because you invested a top, I don't know, 80 pick in the guy. And this guy might have a learning disability, whatever. I mean, any piece of information that you accumulated that you knew before the draft, and then it kind of just gets forgotten. And the dude's just expected like, why can't this guy uh, cover the slot? Well, I don't know. He's overwhelmed in life right now. There's a lot going on. It can be really overwhelming. And, And you know me, if you listen to this podcast, I'm not some... I'm not a big excuse guy, but I do think there are specific things that you learn about a guy when you're scouting from the program, like, hey, this guy, like coaches tell you this, you know, this guy's not great at learning on the board, he's better at learning on the field, and then he's not good in the meeting room, but I'm telling you, when the game starts, he's able to take all the information, and then by the middle of training camp, you're getting an email from your general manager, like, why can't this guy figure out what to do in meetings? Because we knew going into it. And, and I think Rick Smith is dead on. I think the programs that do it right, the information, and I'm talking the, the specific information about the human being, not the football, because the football always gets figured out because that's what you're putting all your emphasis on. I'm talking about the person, and I'm talking about learning disabilities. I'm just talking about things, not even learning disabilities, just this guy, I, I'm trying to even think of an example, but... People need help, and people. there's a ton of pressure that comes along with rookie players that not everyone is equipped to handle it. Even guys that end up do it, like doing it, it can be really, really difficult. And I, I would imagine programs like New England, clearly New England, I think Seattle does a good job of it. I think the 49ers now with Kyle Shanahan are doing it. I, all the winning teams, the Eagles, the, the Chiefs, when you look at losing teams – and you see these players that are just like fighting for themselves, young guys, it's like, come on, this has to be a group effort here. And all the information and all the work you do in the scouting process just just needs to start getting factored in more. I mean, th- these teams are, are wasting all the resources that they spend for the 12 months or maybe let's say the nine months you use getting ready for this player and then ultimately picking them and then you just end up disregarding it by the time the guy gets in your building. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay, like like you guys, I, I'm not any different. I'm a sucker for a good trade rumor. It's 
you know, probably why I got into the business. It's why I wanted to work in the NFL. I love transactions, love drafts, love draft day trades, love free agency, love trades, uh, love it all. I mean, that's why we all, it's the cool part about sports, you know, transactions, adding players to your team. This is the type of time of year with uh, free agency right around the corner where we're reading a lot about this guy might be released. We've talked about cap cuts. I, the guy that I saw the other day since the uh, since the early week podcast was Devontae Freeman. I immediately text a couple of my buddies in the league, and they go, yeah, he's, he's, not, he's a shell of himself. He's slower now. But you're going to see a ton of names like that. But you're also going to see some you know pretty famous guys. Like last year, the big is Odell Beckham going to get traded? A couple years ago, Khalil Mack got traded. Now that was you know, in training camp, but still, we've seen some pretty big trades the last couple of years. So I, I do take when I see a headline that says, Matt Stafford is on the block. I retweet immediately because I'm like, whoa, I don't even, even think about it. I'm like, that's sweet. And then I realize, God, you got to take a deep breath, John. What I do now is I Google and I go to spot track. It's where you can look at a player's contract. In basketball, when I give Steph Curry five years, $200 million, I do stagger the money a little bit, like year to year. He makes a little more every year. But basically, it's 35, 38, 37, 41, 42, whatever, to add up to $200 million. Clay Thompson, same deal. And it's all it's just spread out throughout the deal. There is no signing bonus. Just his first year, he makes $35 million. By the second year, he's made $65 million. It just keeps adding up. It's not the way it works. In baseball, same thing. I think they have changed baseball a little bit. Like some guys do the escrow account where they get money later on. That's kind of been a new thing. But still, for the most part, your money's your money. In football, that's not the case, right? We see all the time, like, breaking news. This is going to happen when free agency starts. I'm trying to think of a player. Let's go Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has signed a five-year, $100 million deal. $20 million a season. We're like, Damn! Amari got paid. The Colts, the Cowboys, you know, that's what we all do. Like, damn, give him his bag. And then it comes out. Well, actually, he did sign a $500 million deal on paper, but there's only $47.7 million of it guaranteed. She's like, oh, so he basically signed a two and a half year, $47 million deal. Because the way football works is the true guaranteed money you make. Like Matt Stafford's total guarantees were $92 million. So you take that $92 million and you prorate it at, I don't know the exact like formula over the life of the deal. And it's usually more upfront. The true guaranteed, like his true guarantee at signing was like $60 million. So in his first year of that deal, his dead cap, if they were to cut him, would have been $75 million. It's a lot of money. So you're not going to cut a guy when it would cost $75 million on your cap. But in 2020, as of right now, Matt Stafford's dead cap meant if they cut him or traded him, meaning the bonus money that has got amortized over the deal, would be $32 million. Well, the salary cap is $200 million. So think about it, $30 million of 200, it'd be 15%. It'd be like 16% of the salary cap. You wouldn't trade a guy to not play on your team to be 16% of your salary cap to play for someone else. It doesn't make any sense. It's actually cheaper to keep him. His cap hit, so if he's on the team, there's no such thing as dead cap because he's on your team. But his actual cap hit, if he's on the team, is $21 million. So you actually save over basically $11 million by just keeping him around. And anytime that you see a big, big name like this, just go to the internet, Google his contract. I use SpotTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com. And you can just look at the numbers. Now, when guy, it's why Derek Carr keeps coming up because they can get out of Derek Carr for like $4 million. Once you get under, you know, $6, 7000000 million, when the salary cap's $200 million, it's nothing. Once you get under $5 million of dead cap, Think about it, the salary cap's $200 million, so you're talking like 2.5%. You, you can stomach that. But when you're talking $32 million, and I know on Thursday, Matt Stafford, the GM of the Lions, came out and was adamant. Like, it, it wasn't one of those, like, PR stunts. It was like, 
This is insane. And you know what? He's I, I believe him because it makes no sense. That was part of the reason the New York Giants last year got nailed and got kind of took a lot of shit because I'm typing in Odell to the uh, to the website right now because last year I think Odell's dead cap money was I got him right here. So Odell's dead cap money was nineteen million dollars last year. Or excuse me, yeah, nineteen million dollars that was on the the Cleveland Brown or the New York Giants salary cap. Actually, it might have been higher than that. This this might not be right because I remember reading it. It was higher than that. Think about that. They 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 paid a guy that was good to just not be on their team. It really didn't make any sense. If you're going to sign a human to a big deal, and in football, I'd say anything over $30 million guaranteed is pretty big because once you get to 30, you're immediately talking about two years. You're talking the first and second years. You can't trade them or cut them without taking a huge penalty on your own cap. So this year, when the when the free agency comes around, any guys getting 30-plus, and obviously the good players get 40, 50, 60, the quarterbacks get now 100, 120, 110, you're stuck with those guys for a while. And the good thing about the NFL, you really only do deals with four or five of those guys a team, right? In basketball, every guy's on a guaranteed deal. Same with baseball. But in baseball, like that Mookie Betts trade that just happened, you can do weird things, right? The Boston Red Sox ate half the contract and traded David Price. In football, I can't eat my dead cap. The dead cap's the dead cap. I can eat maybe some of the cap hit and the money, but I can't eat the dead cap. That, that number's set. So whenever you see these names get thrown around, it's not going to stop. It's going to continue because that's just the world we live in now on social media. Just do a double checking because I, I know I need to because I was like, oh, Matt Stafford is not going anywhere. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, 
roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's slide into some DMs. Favorite NFL pod? Me too. Please don't change a thing. I won't. I'm a Chiefs diehard and season ticket holder. This past month is easily my favorite sports moment stretch of my life. I have to say I uh, don't blame you. I know you say you're out of the fan business, but what are your favorite game you've seen to or been favorite sports moment in your life? Yeah, I mean, I'm still a fan. I got a lot of joy after watching Coach Reed win. I got a lot of joy after watching the 49ers win the NFC Championship game. Say my favorite pure moment, pretty special in 94 as a 10-year-old kid when the Niners won the, uh, won the Super Bowl. Steve Young, get the monkey off my back. 2010, when the San Francisco Giants won the World Series, that was freaking awesome. Especially because I was living in Philly, and the Giants played the Phillies in the NLCS, and Cody Ross took Roy Halladay, who was unhittable. Literally, I don't think he gave up a hit in the uh, in his first series. He threw a no-hitter, and Cody Ross had two home runs off him in that series. That was badass. Uh... Yeah, those would probably be the be the top. I mean, I was a big Niners, Giants fan growing up. Basketball, I kind of bounced around. I, I was always a big UCLA basketball fan. They haven't been good in a while. But, you know, I, I've always kind of been a horror as a fan. I just root for specific players that I like and kind of latch on. I've always been like that, specific coaches that I like. Uh, but growing up, I mean, the Niners and, and the San Francisco Giants were massive. I mean, they were... They were my life. And then as I got in football, I mean, I just, it's just not the same. It, it, it just not. I mean, when you get to know these people, it just changes, you know. It's hard to explain. I, some people, you know, when I try to tell them, I don't think they quite get it. I, I Obviously, when I got into this, just sports in general, when I started doing it stuff in college, it was my life, my, my passion. But it's just, it, it's rare that you just are able to keep it. Like, I still get a lot of joy out of watching games. My rooting interest now, I just gamble a lot. Um, but yeah, the I mean, the 94 are so young. They're probably, there were some 49er moments when I was in, like, in high school. The Terrell Owens, the game where he had the game-winning catch against the Packers. That would have been like 99. Uh, there were some playoff games in the early 2000s. But then by the time like I got to Fresno State, probably in the late 2000s, it was just I, I thought about it a little differently. So baseball was probably one. Baseball really is like I'm still a big Giants fan. That's the one team that I, I'm still. I don't know. I know a couple people in the sport, but I. It's just still kind of pure to me from a fan standpoint, and that's why I'm I, I'm so pissed off right now. I got to watch Gabe Kapler. I refuse, and the Dodgers are really good. Now I'll say this: I still hate some teams that I hated growing up. I hate the Lakers, though. I I'm I'm not a LeBron hater, but I hate the Lakers. I root for them to lose. I hate the Houston Rockets, root for them to lose. I don't really hate the Dodgers. Is there a college team I hate? I'm not a big Ohio State guy, but I know a couple people that went to Ohio State and I like them. So it's like, what am I hating? Just because they're sweet? But I, I can uh, I can understand. I mean, when, you, when your number one team wins a championship, and for the Chiefs, I don't know how old you are, but if you're 30 or 40, I mean, that's a long time. You know, it's hell, it was a long time just to get to the championship game. So that's... That was a cool moment. You know, you you never forget that. Uh, I'm going to skip that question. <laughs> Is there a scenario that you can see the Colts signing a quarterback in free agency and trading Jacoby Brissett back to the Patriots? Well, the scenario would be Tom leaving, them landing Phillip Rivers, 
and the Patriots needing a quarterback. So right there. Tom leaves. Uh, Rivers goes to the Indy. Jacoby goes back to, to the New England. There's your scenario. I have a hard time seeing them trading him, though, because his cap number, his dead cap's pretty big. I think in a perfect world, they sign Phillip Rivers and they keep Jacoby as the backup. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe it'll play out a different way. But that's kind of the way I envision it. International listener here. All the way from Portsmouth, UK. Portsmouth, UK. Just wondered your take on a possible franchise move to London. Should we get excited by the Jags playing back-to-back games here this year as a step toward them moving? If not the Jags, which other team could be in the frame for a move? I think it is the Jags, and I think it's borderline inevitable. Once you go back-to-back games, I, 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 my guess, uneducated, <clears throat> I don't know anyone in the league office. I follow Shad Khan's kid on Twitter. He follows me, but I've DM'd him a couple times. never DMs me back, so it's not like we're friends. Uh, I, I would, again, completely no inside information. I'd go over under five years, and I'd put it right about at five years. The Jaguars are in London. The, the Jacksonville Jag, the Jacksonville market's too small. Clearly, they already have their kind of toes over there. They've got to be making money. I think the league ultimately wants to go international. That's the team. You're not going to move Tampa. The Glazers have too much cash. You're not going to move the Atlanta Falcons. You'd have to, It'd have to be a team on the eastern seaboard. I guess Buffalo, maybe, but it seems like things are going pretty well there. New England, no. Giants, no. Jets, no. Phillies, no. Redskins, no. So it's just... It's got to be the Jags. Am I missing a team in Florida? The Dolphins, no. So it's it's the Jags or bust. I I don't even think there's another option. Hey, John, love the show. Keep up the awesome content. Appreciate it. My question is, do you think the Broncos should stay with Drew Locke, or do you think they will try to trade up for one of the top quarterbacks in the draft? They just draft Drew Locke in the second round, and he looked pretty good to end the season. I think 1 million percent, you roll with Drew Locke, and you see what he's got this year. He's a starting quarterback. Your defense should be good. Your pat, you know, you got what's his name, Bradley Chubb coming back with Vaughn. I would imagine the defense is even better another year under Fangio. You have Pat Shermer. I think you're equipped to be a really good team, really good, strong. Let me let me roll that back. I think you have equipped to be a good team. You went seven and nine this year after a terrible start. What was it? One and five, one and six. Why can't you be nine and seven? Compete for a wild card. Nine and seven made the wild card this year. Ten and six. Division's not very good. Who's going to charge his quarterback? If Brady doesn't come, it might be Herbert. So they might not be good. I mean, they have a lot of talent. Chiefs are good. The Raiders, who knows? Why couldn't you finish second in that division and go 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? 
is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's a long question here. Love the show. Long question incoming. I see. Feel free to stop reading once you get to the gist of what I'm asking. I've always been curious about how scouts, GMs, and front offices evaluate the relative value of draft picks. How many third-round picks is a first-round pick worth? If you could hypothetically give up a first, a mid-first-round pick to get two second-rounders and two third-rounders, wouldn't that be more value for your team? Since instead of getting one guy who of one of your top 20 players, you are getting four guys who you have in the 550 to 100 players. I, I get what you're saying. There is a thing that has been around since Jimmy Johnson that has been updated in 2020. It's been updated every year, but now most teams have an updated chart. They put a number value on on every pick. So let's just start hypothetically. The number one overall pick is worth 10,000 points. And then it starts working its way down until the next pick's worth, you know, 9,700. And then, you know, 9,500. And then it and eventually starts dropping off big. It goes from like, once you get from pick like 12 to 15, you go, you know, it drops off dramatically. So you have to add up. If I'm getting two second round picks, do they add up to the value? And that's kind of how most teams operate. Now, there is a tax. If you want my one or two overall pick, you got to overpay for it, right? Because I know you want a quarterback. To me, if you want the 10th pick to get a tackle and you have a late first rounder and a mid-second rounder and it's give or take the value and I like the value, I'll do it. But if I have the number one overall pick and you want to, and you have the eighth pick, and you can meet the value. I'll give you the eighth pick. I'll give you my second round pick. And I'll give you next year's first round pick. Well, let's say I have the number one overall pick. And I like Joe Burrow. But I don't need a quarterback. But I have multiple teams bidding for it. Even if the offer that you first gave me, two ones and a two, what if I go, you know what? I'm going to need more. Because I'll just trade him to someone else. I have a better offer on the table. Or hell, I'll just stay here and take Chase Young. You, it's it's real estate. It's it's a uh, oceanfront property. There's only so much real estate there, and there's only so many quarterbacks in every draft. And especially when I know that you like a quarterback, so I think there's a leverage game when you when you factor in quarterbacks, when you factor in just a corner or a wide receiver, you just have to equal the number, assuming that team wants to trade. And I think a lot of the good teams that don't need quarterbacks are always open to trading for, you know, if I have the 13th pick and you'll offer me two twos and next year's one you know a smart team will do that right like again if I if the value is good and I have a bunch of highly rated guys in the top 55 of the draft so I think it's also determined 
on what players are in a given draft. Like every draft is not the same. This draft, from just the naked eye, I watch a lot of I watch an unhealthy amount of college football. And from my friends in the NFL, is a really good draft. Feels like there's gonna be a really talented, like top seventy five. So the difference between in this draft, pick thirty and pick forty eight might not be that dramatic for a lot of teams. They go, yeah, we'll get a starter at either spot. So we might as well trade back and get extra picks. But if the draft was shitty and you're like, well, you know, this is not a great top 50 players. There's like 17 good players and there's a dramatic drop off and most of the guys are just guys. Then you probably wouldn't be as likely to do that. So I think it's, I think it's very dependent on the crop of guys on an individual year. Like the number one pick is not always the same. There's a sweet quarterback in a draft. It changes it. If there's not, it doesn't. Like last year, having a top two pick was a big deal. It's Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa. Then it was like, then who do you take? You know, Quinton Williams, one-year wonder. Then Cleveland Farrell. Then I like Devin White, but it's just some unknown. And that last year was a good draft. But it felt like Kyler Murray was a star. And he won Offensive Rookie of the Year, which we could argue, but he's clearly pretty good. And Nick Bosa, listen, I, I was wrong. I, didn't, I, I tried it. I was just too negative. But it's clear. I mean, he's a superstar. So that that was the draft. I mean, the one year that Solomon Thomas went third, it was Miles Garrett went one, who's by far the best player in the draft. Then it went Mitch Trubisky, Solomon Thomas. So on that given year, it was like, you know, some years it's like Alden Smith and J.J. Watt are going 10-11 and Odell Beckham. And, you know, you just, every draft is kind of unique. And that's the key to knowing the draft value is factoring in the chart but with the players and how you value them kind of on a year-to-year basis. That's why it gets pretty complicated. It's also why having experience in drafts and knowing the league and knowing the next crop of guys coming out is really important. You can't live in the moment, even though sometimes on draft night, it's hard not to live in the moment. You spent all this time, seen it firsthand. You work all spring. You then work summer evaluating the guy's junior tape or sophomore tape. Then you work all fall evaluating the actual tape. Then you go through the combine and the pro days and the workouts. And then all of a sudden you get there and it's hard to go, well, let's just push this back another year. You're like, hell, I've been, I've been cooking all night. I want to eat, right? I mean, you're just, you're ready to sit down for dinner. And sometimes it's, it's hard to put the fork down, but the, the smart teams have the discipline that you could argue the smart people in life have discipline. That's why I'm going to go eat some ice cream now that I'm done recording. Appreciate everyone listening. See you guys next week. Adios. Have a great freaking weekend. And, uh, and yeah, enjoy wherever you are. It might be cold. It might be sunny. Who knows? But enjoy the weekend. See you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.